Hey, hey, it's Mother's Day weekend, and we got two stars at the box office, Gabrielle Union and Melissa McCarthy. Which one makes the grade? Stay tuned. Hi. This is Bang Bang Boogity. Hey, 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 it's Carla Renata back with another episode of Black Tomatoes with Scott Menzel. We started out with Rapper's Delight because they did a little 80s mix action in um, Life of the Party. So, you know, that was my tribute to, <laughs> to the soundtrack of Life of the Party. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> We're black. I mean, I'm black. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and um, who you at? Who am I at? Who you I'm, at? I, I, I'm Scott Menzel <laughs> at, from We Live Entertainment. Yeah. And so, I'm not black, it, unfortunately. As we have established many times before. So this is the thing. I absolutely love Melissa McCarthy. I think I've said it here one zillion billion times. I love her, love her, love her. Love her. I love the fact that she um, takes her initiative as a woman in Hollywood and creates her own vehicles, and she doesn't wait for someone else to cast her or to produce a film for her or direct it. Her and her husband make a great team. They direct their stuff together, and this one was no different. Ben Falcone, her hubby, and her produced another film for Mother's Day weekend called Life of the Party. And when I tell you, (laughs) I had the best time ever. Best time. I never laughed so hard. I laughed so hard. My stomach. Every the theater I was in, everybody was cracking up. So I was a little disappointed <laughs> that the numbers at the box office didn't reflect. Yes. The the enthusiasm that I saw in the theaters. I the was film. I was more confused by the reviews because I felt like when I. It's interesting. You and I both saw this movie at different times, mm-hmm. and when I saw it. My theater was in the same, had the same reaction. Everyone was like into it. They were loving it. Everyone was laughing. And then when the when the uh, Ron Tomatoes kind of opening, whatever opening weekend came out, yeah, floodgates came out. You know, I was watching. It was like at at one point, it was like at twenty one percent. I couldn't believe it. See, and no shade toward Rotten Tomatoes, but dang, yeah, you know, I mean. I was I was very disappointed, very very disappointed with with the with the box office outcome for that film because it's funny yeah. and I feel like they always they always do that with her and they always do it with Amy Schumer. I, I'm feeling like there's some hateration going on with women in Hollywood funny at the women. box office. Funny, funny women yeah. at the box office. I'm like, what the hell is that? I don't understand that. I don't like it, and I think it's I think it's uncalled for. I I think it's not. They don't do that with the men. And there are a zillion really funny men that make movies, Will Ferrell, that blo- that drop and flop all the time. And you don't hear them rake them over the coals the same way that they do you know, the women. So I'm really interested to see, interested to see what's going to happen when Tiffany Haddish's film... Uh, Night School? Night School comes out with... Kevin Hart because I'm interested to see if they're gonna rake her over the they're coals. They're not. I mean, they they're would, not. They would not want to because really, I can't. No, Tiffany. Tiffany Haddish right now is like the hottest thing going. She's like gold, but yeah. there's that. So let's let's take a little look see at part of the trailer to see why we laugh so hard. <laughs> Older, I'm wiser. This essentially a Google. Ask me anything. Turn off your Google. You're scaring me. I think my Google scared Jack last night. <laughs> oh my god! But in a good way. 
I'm like when you intentionally go through a haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm just saying. Yeah. I picked just a little snippet yes, of the, yes. the trailer because there are people listening as well as watching. And I just wanted them to hear, you know, that was a joke. I, I'm pretty sure Melissa McCarthy didn't write that. I'm pretty sure they were just walking and that was something that she improv. But that's freaking funny. It was. No, that's it really funny. was. I'm just, you know. And so for those who haven't seen it or who are going to see it, it Life of the Party is about this mom who's like in her 40s and her and her husband divorce and she's feeling, you know, a little down in the dumps. And so she decides that she's going to go back to school because she dropped going to school to raise her daughter and be with her husband because he felt like it wasn't important for her to have have an education, which I was a little annoyed at that. Yes, yes, I was a little annoyed at that. I'm like, what kind of husband is he that he's not supporting his wife in that way? But... I really like the fact that when she went back to college, she went back full throttle. She was in the sorority. <laughs> she went to the parties. They had the whole 80s garb going on. She had the cougar thing happening with Jack. That was pure comedy, her talking about. Oh, my God. Yes, That scene was. where yes, she's telling Maya Rudolph, her best friend, about making out in the stacks with Jack. I <laughs> hollered. And then she's trying to, like, fill her husband in on it. And her husband's like, what? Yes. Yeah. It was pure comedy. I love this movie so much. I just loved it. I thought this movie was terrific, too. I mean, it, it, it does have, you know, this one downfall is that it's it's cliched. I mean, you know where it's going to go. It's it, That's a downfall. I also will say that the first 10 to 15 minutes of the movie, it's a little bit of a slow burn in the beginning. But, like, once once she gets into the college setting, that is just pure comedy. And what really works about this movie is the chemistry between all of the actresses. Absolutely. These Absolutely. actresses are fantastic together. Absolutely. Um, Gillian Jacobs from Communities yep. in this. Um, Heidi Gardner from Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. is in this. Oh, she's just great. She's, she, she, she plays Lenore. <laughs> she plays oh, her roommate. Oh my she plays God. her yeah. Satanesque roommate. Pure comedy. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was, you're right. This film probably wouldn't have worked if the women didn't have chemistry because it centers around them. So I would have been really interested to see what the audition process was like if they auditioned anybody and um, what they may have had them do to to get the role because it was funny down. I, I, you know, it's so rare that you watch a female driven comedy nowadays. Anyhow, I mean, we're, we're seeing a few more of them pop up every year. Um, but they've been kind of hit and miss for me. You know, like last year we had rough night and we had girls trip and I thought girls trip was great. Rough night. Not so much. Mm -hmm. Um, this year so far we had blockers earlier in the year, which I was not that crazy about. I, I already shared my feelings on that. (laughs) Yes, you did. Um, but life (laughs) of the party is a really nice female empowerment movie too, where these women, like the, the men are in this movie. Don't get me wrong. There are men characters in here, but they're almost used as like the pushing off point to kind of further their lives and better themselves. And, and that's, that's really empowering. And I, I think that showing Melissa McCarthy in this role and having her play, like she does her antics where she falls down and she jokes and all that stuff. But there's a <laughs> lot of great things to her about this, this performance is that, you know, she she shows us what a mother, a loving mother, would do for a family. And I think that's something that we often forget how much our own mothers probably gave up 
for us and our families. Absolutely, which brings me to this point. So the reason I love this movie so, and, and it, it resonated with me on a personal level, is that I watched my mother graduate from college. Oh, okay. There's a picture of me in my house right now with my mother in her nursing, my mother's a registered nurse. She has a nursing outfit on, it was at her graduation, and my brother and I are on either side of her. That was the day my mother graduated from college, and I take that picture Everywhere I go when I'm in a dressing room or on a set, that picture goes with me to remind me that nothing is impossible. So to say that, my mother and I, I took my mother to the film, and my mother and I were walking out of the theater, and my mother only has an associate's degree. She never, because back in the day, you didn't have to have a bachelor's or a master's. An associate's was good enough. And she had two kids. Who had time to go get a bachelor's with two kids, and they were a single mom? So I said to my mother walking out, I'm like, okay, I'll make you a bet. I will go and finish my education at UCLA if you go and get your bachelor's in nursing. She's like, okay, bet. So we got a little bet. We're going to go. That movie (laughs) has inspired us to go back to school. So if my mother and I thought that, how many other mothers and daughters went to see that film and felt inspired that way? I mean, it's one thing to entertain with a film, but it's another to educate and inspire people. That's a whole nother tip on the the entertainment spectrum. Well, I also, and and I think... You know, kind of tying into this is that there's a very natural progression in this film that I don't think enough people are talking about. Where <laughs> in a lot of movies like this, there's this formulaic kind of setup where, like, oh, the characters just kind of get thrown into a situation, they're annoyed. And then, like, all of a sudden, within the last five, ten minutes of the film, you know, everyone loves each other. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. Yeah, that was not the case That, this that time. was not the case <laughs> at all. And it was really nice to kind of watch a movie where everyone was just kind of like, the more, like, they spent time together, the more they liked each other, the more they grew as everyone in this. You saw all the characters grow. It was they the became, realism. Yeah, it was, yeah. they became courageous and, and, and took took risks. It was it was really something special that I don't feel like anyone's talking about. I agree with you on that. It's a, It was a total realistic view of life. Like, it didn't have that cliche ending of, oh, everything's back to normal, and now we're all happy, hoo-hoo-hoo-ha-hooray. Yeah. It wasn't that. It was... The husband, you know, did what he had to do. <laughs> what I really love, oh, yeah. what I because re- I I was expecting her to to uh, break it off with her little, her yeah, little yeah, boyfriend. Yeah, right. That didn't happen either. I was no, like, well, no. all right then. Oh, and we can't talk about it. But there's a great scene about midway through this movie that's like a great surprise reveal. Did you laugh really hard? It's, it Let takes place in a, in a restaurant? No, I know. Okay, I, okay. I laugh my booty <laughs> off at everything. But this was the one thing that I really laughed and I don't know if you caught this reference either. So you remember Waiting to... Did you see Waiting to Exhale? Yes. So in Waiting to Exhale, they made this big deal in Waiting to Exhale when Angela Bass's husband left her. She took all his... <laughs> took his stuff in a wagon wheel out to oh, the yeah, driveway yeah. and set it on fire. So in this film... It's almost like Melissa McCarthy is making fun of that moment, mm-hmm. but it has a different kind of ending for her. <laughs> yes, it does. I, <laughs> I laughed out loud when I saw that because I immediately was like, oh, she making fun of Waiting to Exhale. That was brilliant. Yeah. That was brilliant. I really love that. So I would say we'll give our tomato ratings on this one at the end of the yes. show, but I'm pretty sure we're going to agree yeah, we're on gonna that Yeah, we're going to probably one. be on the same page. <clears throat> so... I had so I had I really really enjoyed that and had a lot of fun. So let's uh, move on to the next one. Breaking in. Okay, I can already t- I can already <laughs> tell I can already tell you feeling some kind of way about that. So breaking in stars Gabrielle Union as this mother who has her father has unexpectedly lost his life. She takes her kids back to the house to 
pack it up and sell it for uh, get rid of the estate, so to speak. And what she's met with met with are unexpected and uninvited visitors in this house. But this is what I'm gonna talk about. What I liked first. Okay. Okay. Because <clears throat> I'm pretty sure we're gonna feel the same way about this one too. Okay. I love the fact that her character Sean Russell was not a victim. Not. At any okay. moment in that film yes, was Gabrielle Union's character a victim. She had total control of what was going on in that film at all times, if, as far as her character was concerned. She was never a victim. She was never like, oh, please help me, and somebody came and saved, saved her. None of that ever happened. I love the fact that both of her children were really beautiful and smart children. They weren't like these kids that were like, oh, mommy, I need you. They were, they were not those types of children. I love that. And I... <laughs> I also love the fact that the main crook was kind of like he was kind of like sexy cute like it was there was this, <laughs> there was this moment where I was like he kind of sexy cute like Billy, Billy Burke Billy yeah. Burke I yeah. kind of I kind of want her to like hook up with him just for a split second but that would so not be what this movie's supposed to be about but anyway and then this is what I didn't like I didn't like the fact that it was a cliched home invasion thriller like that's what it was. There wasn't anything in that film that we hadn't seen in any home invasion thriller movie ever in time. We saw people running. We saw an attempted rape. We saw the crazy, the, the one cop that, the cop, the one crook that's always like crazy cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like it was very cliched in that respect. But I did appreciate the fact that this is also, we were talking about Girls Trip earlier. This is also a Will Packer produced production. Yes. And Will Packer's on a roll. He had Girls Trip last year. He's got this one and he's also producing Night Court. Night did, Court. Well, I keep saying Night Court. Night, Night School. School. Did he do Almost Christmas? <clears throat> yes. Yes, I so love that one. So he's a little bit on a roll. So I appreciate the fact that there are people of color behind the scenes. And Gabrielle is also a producer on this film as well. So I appreciate the fact that there are people of color behind the scenes and in front of the camera. I just wish that the script had been a little bit stronger. Let's show, before we get okay, to you, let's okay. show the trailer real quick. You have no clue what I'm capable of. She's in the house. This isn't gonna work. You're done. Broke into the wrong house. Yes. So, what do you have to say? That's breaking in right there. (laughs) Um, No, you you are a hundred percent right with the fact that it's nice that they didn't portray Gabrielle Union's character as a victim. I mean. I I'm a really big fan of her work. Me too. And, and I I really like her. She was probably someone who I've had the longest crush on. Really? Um, and I did I did Ooh. I didn't I did an interview with her long long time ago when was I first. Was your face red? I, when you I, talked no, to her I told, like it's I told her I had a crush on her when I talked to her on the camera. Um, she I, I, I mean I really I know I really do. Um, admire her and i and i love that she's been in this game so long i mean she really has and it's nice to see her front and center i just wish the movie wasn't so damn stupid i mean this is a dumb movie i mean everything about about it everything about it is dumb everything i mean 
They drive. They they do this wonderful scene in the beginning where like they build. Uh, it sets up kind of like where the story is going. I I don't want to spoil it for anyone who has interest in seeing it, but. You know, the opening kind of, like, had me hooked. I, w- I was into it. And then they're driving up to the house. And, you know, it's a nor- un- annoying scene of her driving, the kids making, arguing. That's what I mean oh, about the cliche. God. That's it's very like, cliche. It's like, how many movies have we seen this in? And then they get to the house. And it's just, like, one thing after another after another. And just nothing makes sense. Like, and these are the, these are the dumbest criminals i've ever seen in my life i mean you have that white that one white guy who looks like a surfer who was like completely like cliche oh such a cliche but he was just like so brain dead he like he would just keep walking outdoors and not ch- closing them behind him and I, he, I he was the, i think that's the one that had the conscience right yeah 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 he always yeah he was always like oh why are we doing this man we're gonna get in trouble we're gonna get in trouble and then there was that one outside which like went down so quickly, which was ridiculous, and it's like <laughs> that was in the woods. Like oh, the fact that he, the fact that he was in the woods so long and he never had an opportunity to get away. Like there was no way he could get that that tourniquet from around his mouth or un, untie oh. himself. Like really, he was in the woods. She, that she's long? sitting there like half the night, like running around trying to get into the house, and he's just sitting there behind a tree. Like that come made on, me like, laugh. I was <laughs> like, I can't with that. And then um, I got I got what you said, and it, it was weird. Because watching Billy Burke, because he's also a pretty decent actor, so watching him, him and Gabrielle, and and then you're like you're watching those two, and you're like, why are you in this movie? It's so beneath you, and I don't, I don't, I don't even know because as it kind of went on, it just got to the point where I just started laughing. Like, there's a scene right where she jumps on that stairs, like she's trying to hide from it. She's like hanging out like okay, Spider Man. But wait, like, first of all, I, was like, I know. First of all, I was like. Where are her, what? She don't have no nails. Huh? I know, right, she right. obviously does not have a manicure, which I found that hard to believe that somebody that comes from that kind of money didn't have a manicure, didn't have some gel nails or something. Like how she and you're right, she was hanging on like Spider Man. I'm like, really? Is she? And the other and you were talking about the beginning, how you were invested in the beginning, baby. That first five minutes of the film, it made me twist my metal knee. I was like, ouch! <laughs> I was because I, I jumped. You know, I don't yeah. like horror right, stuff. So right, I, right, right, So that first moment made me jump, and there were there was something else that made me jump, and I jumped hard enough that I twisted my metal knee. Uh-huh. I'm like, really? Are y'all gonna take me out like that? Is that what the next? And it was a short film. It was 88 minutes long. Right, right. But I'm Thank like, God. <laughs> Thank God. But I'm like, is this how is this how breaking in gonna take me out? Having me twist my knee while I'm watching it, I was not happy. <laughs> I, I, I don't. It's it's just like you said. I mean, you really summarized it. I don't really have much to say because you, <laughs> you really did did a great job of summarizing well, thank it. Thank you, Scott. It's Mizzou. just it's so cliched and it's just beat by beat by beat the same thing over and over again. And it's just it's it's funny because Gabrielle's performance is so above everything else in this movie. So you're watching her spew this dialogue. I have to point this one thing out. The sensors, right? There's this, this is, it's a smart home that they're breaking into, yes. right? And it's so conveniently <laughs> used throughout the movie. Like, they're like, oh, at times we're going to go over to the smart home computer and like, we're going to look at all the cameras. But then she's running through the house and there's no sensor whatsoever going off. It made no sense. Yeah. It was like, whenever it was convenient for them to use it, they used it. Yeah. And then other times they were like, I agree. oh, forget about it. I agree. I agree. But I love the fact that it was her son that pointed out yes pointed out in the beginning about 
the the he said oh anybody and he says oh this is so easy anybody could use it so when everybody starts using oh, it yeah, yeah. later on in the film you're like oh well her said her son said anybody which, could use which it. is also kind of surprising right because like kids are very you know they grew up with technology they're they're very resourceful when it comes to that mm-hmm. there should have been a learning curve considering those people some of those people had like the iq you know of like a monkey oh my like God. i they mean were the they were the dumb like they were the they dumbest go on the roof ever. like they all go on the roof together like what was that scene they about? were the dumbest criminals oh ever God. on the face of the planet people were screaming in my theater like they were yelling at the screen because it was so stupid they were like oh come on oh come on like I, and it's normally i would get mad when people are talking but like it was so engaging to have everyone else kind of like talk back to the screen i was like all for it i was like yeah. please keep talking to the screen it's more interesting in my theater it was just me and my mom that were talking to the screen <laughs> Me and my mother were going in. It was hilarious. Me and my mom is my screening buddy. And we were like, what? What? Just talking to the screen. I was like, what is that? Why did that happen? I'm like, shh. She's like, nobody's listening to us. I'm like, well, they're really not. So we no. could just say anything we wanted to. It was- but, but you know what this proves once again? We've talked about this a, a bunch of times, too, is that this is a cheaply made movie. It was made for $6 million, made... 16.5 at the box office. That's already three times what it would cost to make. Exactly. And it's well, going it, to keep man. hanging on. It's like a Blumhouse movie. It doesn't matter as long as it gets a little bit more. Look, Will, Packer, Will Packer and Dion Cole are doing their thing. Big ups to them. I'm glad that somebody is getting out there and walking the walk and talking the talk and not just bumping their gums and doing nothing about it. So kudos to them. You know who else we want to give kudos to? Who? Our girl Maria <laughs> Menunos. Yes, because she has a podcast that drops every Friday called Conversations with Maria Menounos podcast edition. It features celebrity and influence inter- influence interviews, influencer interviews from health to f- I can't talk today. From health and wellness to career, relationships, finances, and more. Let our Maria show you everything that you need to know in her podcast edition of Conversations with Maria Menounos. So go over to iTunes, subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos, and guess what, y'all? It is free. And when you get over there, tell her that Scott Menzel and Carla Renata from Black Tomatoes sent you over there. Again, Conversations with Maria Menounos podcast edition drops every Friday on iTunes. Check it out. Give them them five stars and let them know that Scott and Carla sent you over there from Black Tomatoes. So, having talked about Miss Maria, let's talk about a little Marvel action. Sure. They have um, announced that... Captain Marvel's going to add Annette Benning and someone else to the cast. I can't remember who the other person is. So do you remember? I do not. Don't but I, I know Annette Benning is the big deal. Yeah, and she's going to play. They're saying that she's going to play as mom. Oh, is it? Uh, it's Ben Mendelsohn. That's it. Yeah, Ben Mendelsohn. I was Mendelsohn. like, I knew there yeah. was another name. No, no, no. There's definitely Ben Mendelsohn. Because <laughs> I remember when when Ready Player One came out and I did the press day, I asked him. And he was like, only thing I could tell you is that I'm in it. And I'm like, okay. Okay. So Ben Mendelsohn and Annette Bening are going to be in Captain Marvel. I am Marvel. stupid excited. You know like how you were excited about Black Panther? Yeah. I'm stupid excited for Captain Marvel. Okay. Because I'm a Brie Larson fanboy. I, I love lo- Brie Larson, I, too. I've lo- See, the movie that you haven't seen, Short Term 12, like, was like my my masterpiece like i was promoting that movie like crazy like i I was making everyone watch it like we we did brie larson for best actress way back when for that movie um 
I love that movie. And and ever since then, you know, watching her career, and I mean, she's really exploded the last couple of years. I love her, though. She's, yeah. she's the real deal. She's like a real, true movie star. I love her so much. I love that movie, too, Scott. Yes. <laughs> so good. Yes. So good. I love Marissa Murphy's <laughs> like, um, let, me just, let me just chime in and say what I love, well, you, that I that love That movie, you know, Rami Malek was in there, mm-hmm. who now is in Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. You had Lakeith Stanfield, mm-hmm. also his first Love first role. Him, yes, he's great too. Love him. And then uh, Ka- uh, Kathleen De- Denver, Deaver, something like that. She's in I Casual, yeah, and she was also in the last Jason Reitman movie. So I mean, and she was also in um, Detroit. So I mean, a lot of great careers came out of that movie. Okay. All right. So, so all right, Captain yeah. Marvel done popped off a whole nother yeah. conversation. Yes, yes, sorry. <laughs> and then I also wanted to talk about this. Do you know about passion flicks? No. What, what is passion flicks? Let flex? me enlighten you. I love when I know something that you yes. don't. It, like, makes it rocks my world. <laughs> so, Passion Flicks is a new streaming service, especially for commercial-free, sweet and flirty rom-coms and then, like, those sexy kind of dramas, sizzling sexy dramas. So they Like Fifty Shades? Something like that, Ooh. yes, like Fifty Shades. Ooh. And they are at passionflix.com, and it's five ninety nine a month. Because a lot of those films, you can't find them on Netflix. You can't find them on Hulu. You can't find them on Movies Anywhere, or Movies Everywhere, or, or any of those other streaming sites. But you can find them at passionflix.com. So that's going to be really, really cool. Cool. Two things I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I want to make a correction from last week because okay. I'm I'm, we're, I'm going to do this every week if we say something and I'm going to correct us if we okay. say it wrong. What did we say so wrong? Fahrenheit 451 yep. was HBO, not Netflix. We said oh, it was. Ne- I did say it was Netflix. Yep, yep. Yeah. So I just wanted to, and I agree with you. So I wanted to make sure that we clear we were both up. on the okay. same page. But let's talk about that um, that walk at Cannes. The, oh, the 82 the, the, women yes, walk yes, for me too and, yes. I, and I mean I love I that I love up. that jury this year I mean Ava, Ava Duvernay, and girl. Kristen Stewart and Kate Blanchett I'm like I'm, I'm all for it I'm I all love, for it I love the Kate Blanchett they did that walk and then they stood on those red stairs and they talked about you know how all of those women on those stairs, they weren't just actresses. They were cinematographers. They were sound engineers. They come from every single platform and lane that that is involving making a motion picture. So everyone across the board was represented in terms of women and in terms of lanes. And I love the fact that they did that at Cannes because they've done it every place else. They did yes. it at Sundance. Right. They've done it all across the country. I think Cannes was the only place that they hadn't done it. So that was really, really great. And I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, people, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I believe that Ava DuVernay is the first woman of color to be on a jury at Cannes. I'm almost positive that's the case. You I might think, be right. I, I don't think know. I saw her tweet something about that. And if I'm wrong, I'm sure the people in the chat room will let me know. Y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all, are, y'all are hardcore. You don't have no problem letting me know anything. I appreciate you for it. They will call me out. They'll be like, she don't know nothing. I know a lot about a lot of things, but I don't know everything. So there's that. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's fascinating watching that. I, I I saw it on the news the other day, and I mean, there's something really empowering to watch something like this unfold at a very prestigious film festival. Yep. I mean, there there is a difference between watching something like this at the Cannes Film Festival versus Sundance, or absolutely, TIFF because it's it's overseas, it's international, it's, it's, it's international, but it's also like ritzy and hoity-toity. Like, it's so up there. So to watch this kind of unfold on this platform, and then 
there's been all these great stories coming out, like Ava and Kristen Stewart are doing something, working together to kind of launch some film program at Universal with yeah. uh, Jessica Chastain, I yep. think it is. Yeah, it is. Don't, I might be wrong on that. It might be two stories, but I know there's like a whole bunch of stuff coming out. And I'm just, I'm so excited to see this because finally it's happening. I am too. It, it's and taken I, forever. I am too. And I'm really happy to see that, you know, it's been... It's been six months, I think, since everything kind of popped off and hit the fan. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that this wasn't something that lasted for, it was a quick soundbite on the news and then it went away. I'm glad to see that people are walking the walk, talking the talk, and not bumping, like I said before, not bumping their gums and not putting their elbow grease and their power and their, their um, what's the word I'm looking for? Their star power, I guess star power behind what they're what they're doing. So... I'm really excited about it. As a, as a woman in the industry, I'm like uber excited about it. What I'm not, and this has nothing to do with film, but I just have to say this. What I'm not excited about is that <clears throat> ABC Television picked up a whole bunch of shows. Yeah. None of them had people of color in them. They were all Lily White, and I'm just like, really? Did they really? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, 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 there's been so many announcements this know, week with television like, shows being canceled phone, and renewed, and I'm like, my oh my phone, god, like 50, 50 things have popped off at one time. But they, ABC, particularly, shot all these pilots with women of color in the leads. So Yvette didn't get her show. Most likely, too, did not get picked up. And I, I personally, I took that hard. Like I'm sure Yvette took it hard. As a matter of fact, I know she did. But I took it hard because how, they, how would they turn that down with her and um, uh, Diablo Cody? Why would they turn that down? That's what I'm saying. They turned that down, but then they put in a show on ABC with Brad Garrett about a blended family. That guy doesn't even, yeah, and that guy doesn't even no, sell. No, no shade, one watches him. No, look, no shade to Brad Garrett. I think Brad Garrett is hella funny, and I like him. But can we just see something other than the the norm on television? He, yeah, it's getting I mean, on my he nerves. Has, he's had so many shows, and they haven't done that well either. It's getting on my nerves. It's but, weird. And they canceled Kevin Can Wait. Okay. They 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 renewed Man with a Plan. They uh, they gave a thumbs up to Cedric the Entertainer's new pilot called Welcome to the Neighborhood. Oh, they did give that one. They gave a thumbs up to Lorel's new pilot, but I'm just like, is that what, what channels are those on? You know, Lorel. I'm not sure. Fox, if, right? I'm Fox, not sure if Lorel is on Fox or it NBC. Is, it is Fox. But I know Welcome to the Neighborhood is on CBS. That I know for sure. But I'm just like, I just had to throw that out there because it was bothering me. And, you know, I have a microphone so I can say something. And I don't know who's listening or who's not listening, but I need for them to know that it is about time that reality in America is reflected on television and on film. Like, they're doing a little bit. Like, I'm starting to see people of color and mixed couples in commercials, which when I was doing commercials and coming up, you would never see that. Remember how much flack a couple of years ago the Cheerios commercial got? Oh, my God, yes. And now it's no big deal. Now it's no big deal. You see mixed couples on commercials all the time. I'm like, can we see them? And the one, the one show that had a mixed couple on television on ABC, Alex Inc., they canceled that too. Oh, that that show was terrible, though. Was it though? Oh, it was terrible. It looked funny. It was bad. It was bad. It okay. was bad. Hey, and it's not just me. Ashley said it too. <laughs> Ashley, well, Ashley, Ashley watched, said it. She was like, "Nope, I'm not having." She's this. like, "No, I'm not having." <laughs> I feel bad for Zaf Braff. I mean, that guy. You know, he started off with Scrubs, He's and then he did, funny. and then he did Garden State, and then everything else has been like womp womp. He's funny. I just think, 
I think in this industry, it really is about timing. Even with the films that we talked about with Life of the Party and Breaking In, it's all about timing. I mean, there was a time in America you would not have seen two women open two major films on Mother's Day weekend. I know, going that head to head. Two women going saying, head to head. That yeah. would not have happened. So that in itself shows that there is just a little bit of progress. I'm really glad about that. I am going to talk about these two movies that I know you have not seen, but um, I promised I would talk about them. Sure, no problem. <laughs> so one of them is called Coming to my senses it's a documentary it's a documentary about this motocross racer who has a spinal cord injury the same type of spinal cord injury that christopher reeve had right okay and they were telling him that he wasn't going to be able to feed himself that he couldn't walk he couldn't do this he couldn't do that and not only is he walking but he walked across death valley in six days wow it was the most impressive thing I've ever seen in my he made me feel bad. He made me he made me he made me feel so I felt so trifling and lazy after I watched that. I was like, his name is Aaron Baker. Aaron Baker, if somebody is having a bad day or feeling like they're not doing enough in life or they had knee surgery or hip surgery or any kind of surgery or or thing happened in their life that has has flipped them into a place of mental despair they need to watch Coming to My Senses because watching that documentary will flip you right on out of it. I was uber impressed. Uber, uber impressed. And one of the other things I was impressed about that film is that he has a... When he got his injury, he found out that there aren't that many facilities across the country that are able to accommodate people with a spinal cord injury or disabilities in general. There's like 34 or maybe 43 facilities in the whole United States. That's not a lot for rehab. So he started his own, and it's called CORE, C-O-R-E. So look it up online. It's called Coming to My Senses. They have a site, comingtomysenses.com. And um, I have an interview with them. I do have an interview with them that I did, so check it out at thecurvyfilmcritic.com. Another film I want to talk about is one called Landing Up. I heard of this one. You heard of this one? Yeah. So I this, don't know what it is, though. This is the thing about Landing Up. So Landing Up stars this chick named Stacy Malton, and it's about a homeless girl that has a secret. And basically the secret is she... Well, let me, let me backtrack. So Stacy plays Chrissy. Chrissy's homeless, and Chrissy meets this guy in a bar that wants to take her out and ultimately wants to become her boyfriend. But she has the secret that she's homeless. She hadn't told him that she's homeless, right? So she's figuring out how she's going to tell him, you know, what the situation is without him finding out on his own. And then, you know, as usual in these types of films, he finds out and it becomes this whole thing. But there is a little twist at the end that I was not expecting. I was like, ooh, did that just happen? It was kind of interesting. So I would say, you know, check it out. But the real tragedy with this film is that it features this young lady named Adina Hines. And Adina Hines is Morgan Freeman's great-granddaughter. She was brutally murdered by her boyfriend. So I didn't get to, obviously I did not get to speak to Adina Hines because her life was tragically taken before the film started to do their little press tour. But her work in this film is really quite special. And I'm hoping that people will get an opportunity to see it because she's it's a shame we won't get to see any more work from her because she's a really solid actress. She really, really is. And Stacey Malton wrote the screenplay for Landing Up in addition to starring in it. And it, and the one thing that I really love about it is that it sheds a light on homelessness. There are people walking around. There will, there might be some film critics that we know that might be homeless. Yeah, you I know. Would never, you, this, some of them look like it. Uh, <laughs> 
stand <laughs> with you. But I'm just saying, in this day and age, you don't know what a homeless person looks no, like. No, you're right. You do not know what the face of a homeless person looks like. And it's a real problem, as we see on the news every day. I mean, right around the corner from where I live in the San Fernando Valley, there's like a homeless village. It's like taking up this whole stretch of highway where I live. And people are threatened by that. But what we don't understand is that a lot of these homeless people, they have become disabled. In, in Chrissy's case in the film, she had an apartment where she lost her job and then just couldn't afford to pay rent. Because think about it. This film takes place in New York City. In order to get an apartment in New York City oh, or any place yeah, for that yeah, matter, yeah, yeah. you got to have three months rent and first and last month. Like three months security co- deposit and first and last month's rent to rent Especially an apartment. Especially if you don't have credit. I mean, exactly. if, you, if you have really good credit, you might be able to get away with one month's rent. Exactly. And yeah. you have to show three years of tax returns That's to prove right. you that to you make 80%, that. that you can make 80% of what the yearly total of that rent is. I'm like, what? That's crazy. I mean, homelessness in general, is, is it's it's a really tough discussion and i feel like it's the reason why no one talks about it because how do you solve something right now like in la where the housing market where you and i both work and at the end of the day we're still like bare bones with our money yeah so and we work hard we have jobs you know we do this we we work regular jobs and so you think about that and then you say like how are college students going to afford living once they get out of school? Because they're not going to get a $100,000 job right away. No, they're not. They're going to get a 15 to $12 an hour, you know, hour job. Absolutely. So homelessness is a big deal. And, I mean, I know there's this controversy movement going on right now. And I've seen, I'm sure you saw it down mm-hmm. in L.A. where they mm-hmm. have homeless as the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about I don't know how to solve it. I, and I don't think anyone's really has any answers for it. I know that the the politicians in the Los Angeles area are trying to create housing for the homeless community here in LA. There's a whole bunch of there was a motion on one of the ballots not too long ago where we had to vote for that. That was two years ago and they still have not erected this housing yet. So that makes one of my eyebrows go up, what are y'all doing? Because I see some other things happening but you can't find your way to do this one thing that we all voted for two years ago. It's been two years. And now we're getting ready to have another election. So I'm going to need some politicians to get <laughs> off their butt and do something. That's that's not hot. Um, the other thing about Landing Up is that they partnered with the Midnight Mission to try to raise money for that organization. And for those of you who are not familiar with the Midnight Mission, it's an organization that helps the homeless people all year round, but particularly during the holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas. They provide meals for families that, you know, otherwise that would be the only meal, the only decent meal that they would have for the whole year, let alone a month or a week or a day. So um, go to Landing Up to check out that film. Go to MidnightMission.com to see if you want to engage and and help with those organizations or volunteer they're really good organizations i've volunteered there myself and the work they do there is is exemplary i really enjoyed myself had a good time so um what do you want to see next week deadpool which i'm seeing tomorrow and i'm <laughs> very i'm very excited i'm very excited about it and is solo coming out next week or week after solo next? is the week after okay and we'll talk about that then too <laughs> yes we i will. saw that um i did want to say that i watched um do you watch the netflix series dear white people i do not okay so i saw the film though. i did not like the film and <laughs> love that did movie. you interesting 
I did not like the film very much because I felt like I felt like it was just like you know like white white people movie where like they try to be pretentious and like just about white people. I felt that was a black people movie where they're just being pretentious to talk about black people. But the show the show for me really won me over and I was hooked on the first season. And it ends in a way where uh with something that's always going on in the media where one of the students is actually held at gunpoint and he's not doing anything wrong. They just mm-hmm. go to break up a party mm-hmm. and he's held at gunpoint. And in the second season, which I just finished watching today, mm-hmm. the whole thing basically talks about how this um, this movement of you know Black Lives Matter and how that stuck with this one character. So throughout this entire um, second season, he's having flashbacks. Every time he sees a white person, he's I- imagining someone pointing a gun. Oh no, at that's him. not hot. And there's this character, Samantha White, who also runs the Dear White People show on, um, like, the radio show. Right. And I remember her from the movie. She, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's a different actress. In, yeah, different in, actress. In, yeah. But I remember that. Yeah, premise it was. From was the movie. It, wasn't it Tessa? It was Tessa it, Thompson it was Tessa, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, who actually has a guest appearance in this one? Oh, that's cool. Yes, as a uh, con. Controversial figure who's a right wing nut job. Yeah, she's really great. Um, But I just really enjoyed this show. Um, And I want to say, I wanted to bring this up because unlike the movie where I felt like it was very much talking to a specific audience, this one's very nice because. It has a lot of social commentary. It has a very big importance on the way that white people see black people and vice versa. But I love that some of the characters in this mo- in the TV show are actually white and that some of the black characters fall for white people. Well, it takes place in the college, right? Right, right. And, but the whole thing is someone burned down like the old hall in the first episode and then the white people had to move in with the black people in this one. And so there's like, you know, the black people feel a certain way about it. The white people's like, oh, this is just our territory. And, I, and I, you know, know turf, <laughs> turf war, you know what I mean? That's not So hot. I really, and then there's a, there's a lot to this is a lot of show i mean there's a lot of show like there's the dear black people uh, dear white people show and then they they do one called dear right people which is the right wings mm. butchering the black people for doing the show about the white people because you're you're excited about it so i might it, have to check it, it out it's i love really the, good. i love the movie well what i loved about it you know above all is that this one really had, and, and this was in the movie too, where like the character was mixed race. The the main character was mixed race, mm-hmm. and the mix the Samantha White in this show is mixed race as well, mm-hmm. and she's just really, she's really well rounded and really well crafted. Mm-hmm. And this second season deals a lot with her not only embracing her black side but also her white side didn't the young lady who plays the lead in the in the tv series didn't she have to turn down some major movie because they wouldn't let her out of dear white people i remember you people might talking be right about you this, might be right but i don't remember what film it was oh i can't i wish i could remember that right now you might be you might be right do you remember that i do but i don't remember what movie it is i'm gonna find out but she was i just loved how this this show kind of evolved so much that not only does it talk about important topics, but someone of a mixed race who, like, for the first half of the season, completely was just talking about black, you know, black, 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 black. Mm-hmm. And then because of this movement that's going on in the campus where all these white, you know, these white supremacists are coming out and all these mm-hmm. white hate groups, <laughs> you know, 
she has to look at her other side of who she is. Mm. And something happens in the second half of the mm -hmm. season. And it really ultimately helps her out to kind of come full circle as a human being. Wow. And there's a great, it's episode eight, where there's a great scene between her lover from the first season, who is a, a white guy. And the entire episode is just them going back and forth, having a conversation, yelling at one another. Hmm. But the words coming out of both their mouths are so realistic and so heart-wrenching. It was a really emotional episode. I loved it. I'm going to have to check so it out. So I, I really recommend this show. I, I think it's a great, great okay. show. All right. Okay, cool. So what is going to be your rating for Life of the Party? How many We're doing tomatoes? four out of five, right? Four we, out of five. Okay, four out of five for me. Okay. I'm giving Life of the Party five out of five because I love Melissa McCarthy. All right. And for Breaking In. Breaking in. <laughs> you got to give it something. One, on. one and a half. Oh, really? Yeah. It wasn't that bad. I'll give it three and a half. Oh. <laughs> I give it three and a half. Give it three at least. I'm going to give it three and a half. I'm going to give it three and a half. So next week, we're going to, you saw on Chesil Beach, right? Yes. So next week, and you saw Show Dogs. Yes. Yes, did I you, did. Are, are you going to see Pope Francis, the doc? No. Okay, I'll see that. Okay. So, and you saw Book Club. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about, we're definitely going to talk about Deadpool 2. Yes. And we may or may not talk about Show Dogs. And no, we can talk about Show Dogs. It'll be very quick. Okay, we'll talk about Show Dogs. We're going to talk about Show Dogs, Deadpool 2, and... Uh, book Club? And Book Club, and maybe on Chesil Beach. Maybe. Okay. Okay, so... This is Carla Renata, your host for Black Tomatoes. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. Check out all of my reviews that we talk about on Black Tomatoes at TheCurvyFilmCritic.com. And where can we find you, Scott? You can find me at the other Scott M on Twitter and Instagram. And go to WeLiveEntertainment.com to read all my written reviews and my interviews. Thank you. All right. So until next week... Join us next week for episode 13 of Black Tomatoes on Black Hollywood Live. Go to iTunes, give us those five stars, and talk to us in the chat room. We will talk back. Until next week, love, peace, and hair grease, y'all. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us info at blackhollywoodlive.com like us on facebook tweet us or instagram us at bhl online and i am the official voice of black hollywood live Scipio. instagram at king xo bay thanks for tuning in hollywood redefined here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of bhl or its owners or principals